I am thrilled to welcome onto today's episode of Top Dogs, UConn's all-time leading scorer, Bridgeport's own, the one and only Chris Smith. My man, thank you for being here. Oh, man, I'm so excited, man. Rob, I appreciate it, man. You know, I just got through COVID, man. I was home and I just got through COVID, man. So now I'm back to work and I'm feeling a whole lot better. And and uh, thanks for having me on. Man. Well, I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, when I had it, it was uh, I was stuck in a basement for for 12 days, <laughs> which was probably the worst part of it. I, I, I got a real like real bad sinus pain there for like 36 hours, a little bit of fever. But the worst part yeah. was being stuck in that basement for 12 yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. Joe, I tell you, you just isolate yourself. And, and you know, when you're at work, you're like, man, I don't want to be at work. And then when you're at home, you're like, man, I don't want to be at home. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly where I was at. Um, Yeah. So you are, you are UConn's all time leading scorer. And my, my hot take is that this record is not going to be broken because in the one and done era, uh, whenever someone gets good enough to be able to have a chance to do it, they're going to be gone. If Shabazz wasn't able to break that record, I don't think anyone's going to break that record. Is that, is that crazy? Is that a hot take? That's 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 unbelievable. You know, it, it's funny. You know, when, when when I played, you know, back in the '90s with uh, the Ken Bay and Alonzo Mourning, guys were good enough to go pro, but they stayed four years. You know, they stayed four years. I think Shaquille O'Neal kind of broke the mold a little bit when he left his sophomore year. But other than that, most guys stay four years. And today, guys average 19 points. Man, they going pro because the NBA is looking for younger guys and they want to grab them as young as possible even to take them to the g league and stuff like that so uh i mean i I want my record to be broken man it's been up there for a long time i would love to see a new young uh guy come and uh break the record but uh you know like you said guys are not staying four years if they put up 19 20 points a game you know yeah so we we got a lot of ground to cover today but i i do want to start with this and i feel like it's kind of an open-ended question uh, are you are you as excited as, as the rest of the UConn fan base is to see them back in the Big East? We're recording this the morning after an overtime win over St. John's, which is probably a little bit more stressful uh, than it needed to be. But I'll tell you this much, man. I'd much rather see that kind of stressful overtime win over a program like yeah. St. John's than whatever yeah. was going on when we had to play Tulsa and Tulane yeah. and South Florida. Yeah. So are you, yeah. are you are you excited to see them back in this conference where, where rivalries were made? I'm totally excited about this conference. You know, I love the Big East, and that's the reason why I played there, man. I grew up, you know, watching uh, guys that, you know, grew up with me, with uh, John Bagley at Boston College, you know, Charles Smith from Harden High School in Bridgeport ended up, you know, going to Pittsburgh. So, you know, the Big East has always been uh, something that's been close to my heart. And, and, and to see these guys back in the Big East and competing is just a wonderful thing. And there's nothing wrong with uh, the other conference that we were in last year, but it just wasn't familiar to me. It wasn't a familiar uh, 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 feel, you know, playing Tosa and these other teams. I just didn't, I couldn't really, really get into it, but I could definitely get into, uh, you know, St. John's and uh, Georgetown and all these other teams that are in the Big East right now. Yeah, I mean, there's history there. And you can be diplomatic and say there's nothing wrong with that other conference. I don't have to be diplomatic. And I say that I, I hated being in that other conference. And I'm glad that we're back in the league where you care about the teams uh, when yeah. you beat them. So what? when you were in college, where, where was the toughest student section? What was the worst pit place to play? Uh, you know, the, the team that I tell you, the, t- the, the toughest place I hated to play was Villanova, man. 
You know, Villanova was just uh, everything was it's like playing that Duke, man. It seemed like everybody's right on top. of You mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Syracuse was another place. I mean, it was so open. Uh, you really had to be a great shooter to, uh, uh, you know, play at Syracuse. So the Big East definitely has its hiccups, man. I mean, everywhere you go, uh, it's going to be a tough environment. And, uh, you know, but those two places, man, I just uh, for some reason, man, I just didn't feel comfortable, you know, but I, I played well. But I just didn't feel comfortable. <laughs> so at the risk of sounding like I'm pandering here, I, I don't think that you and, and, and Scott Burrell uh, specifically get enough credit for jump-starting this UConn program at the start of Jim Calhoun's tenure. You mentioned John Bagley. Uh, you mentioned Charles Smith. There was a time when there was a lot of talent coming out of, of yeah. uh, Connecticut High School basketball, and those yeah. guys weren't staying home. Um, and I know we yeah. got some younger listeners here who may not, who may not know this, but – Back in the 80s, like, UConn basketball wasn't what it is right now. Yeah. Uh, they didn't yeah. make an NCAA tournament in the decade of the 1980s. The first time yeah. that they made the tournament as a member of the Big East was your sophomore season. The Big East started in 1979. So um, you were a parade All-American, right? Like, you were yeah. – if, if five-star recruits existed back then, you would yeah. have been a five-star recruit. So what was it about yeah. UConn and staying home that made you say that that was a good idea? I'm going to tell you what, man. I was on my way to Syracuse, man. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, Billy Owens. Don't tell me you're breaking my heart, Chris. Hey, (laughs) hey, I'm just going to tell you the truth, man. I I went to Syracuse because Billy Owens and I were pretty close. And uh, I came home and I said, Mom, I'm going to Syracuse. And uh, she said, I'll never see you play because it's so far. I can't drive to Syracuse. And that was pretty much the deciding factor, man. From grammar school, my mother, my grandmother, my uncles, everybody was always at my game. And I had that support, my family support. And to know that they weren't going to be there again, man, I said, there's no way. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, you, and you're right. Back in the day, UConn wasn't really a good team. When I was telling my family I'm going to UConn, they were like, why? You know, <laughs> why, why are you going to UConn? Man, they never went. But, uh, you know, when I – when I visited UConn and I, you know, I met the players, uh, Murray Williams, John Gwynn and Cliff Robinson, I could see the passion and uh, Coach Calhoun and I could see the passion that they really, really wanted to win. And uh, like you said, I was a five-star recruit and I was being recruited all over the place. And, uh, you know, I decided to go to UConn and stay home, man. I said, you know what, I'm going to stay home. And Calhoun was always pitching that we could turn this program around. And uh, with you being here, and uh, and that's exactly what we did. That's exactly what we did. Well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, nobody looks good in orange. That's just not a flattering color. So I think that you <laughs> did. You ended up making the right decision. What What was yeah. it about Jim Calhoun that that got people to buy in, right? Because like, I think that was – I think that was his biggest skill as a coach, right? Like he's not some brilliant X's and O's technician, yeah. right? Like he's not a guy that's reinvented the wheel. He's a guy that that's getting you to buy into what he wants to do, getting you to yeah. play your ass off and getting yeah. you in like bringing talent into the program. Like he's, I don't want to say he's a salesman because I feel like that sells him a little bit short, but it, it, it's, getting, <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting people to, to believe in him, right? That's what made him so good. Hey, that's that's his specialty. You know, mm-hmm. Calhoun just has that specialty about him. He's a motivator, man. And when you think of a motivator, man, you put Calhoun's face right there. You know, he really motivates his players. I don't care if you came into practice not feeling well, you had the flu, you, you know, you just had a bad day. You're going to play two hours of 
full speed basketball with Coach Calhoun. And that's that was his thing. He wanted to emulate practice like games. Mm-hmm. So in practice, we worked harder in practice than we did in games. And by the time the game came, it was it was a lot easier because, man, I'd rather be in the game than go against John Gwynn in practice, man. I, I left out of practice with bloody eyes and bloody nose and, you know, because guys were really fighting. And we, we believed in the program. We were fighting. We wanted to be better. And uh, and that's what you have to do to have a winning success. I need your craziest Jim Calhoun story because I know back in the day that 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 he was wild. So give me give me give me the crazy story. It doesn't have to be PG either. You can give me you can give me something good. If you got something good, give me something. Man, good. let me tell you something, man. I got it. I, I, I'm gonna tell you something, Rob. I got in trouble because of what Calhoun did, man. <laughs> Every time we went to the NCAA tournament, Calhoun didn't sleep, and in practice. You know, he wanted to win the game so bad, right? He, his favorite thing was, oh, I'm, 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 I'm fucking pissing vinegar. I'm pissing vinegar, you know? <laughs> and uh, he he really wanted to win the game. So many, many years later, I'm coaching my high school, uh, Kobe Cathedral, and they are all lined up, and we're getting ready to go to the playoffs. And, you know, I'm like, I'm pissing vinegar. I'm pissing vinegar, guys. We got to win this game. So one of the coaches went back to the principal and told him, Told her that I was I was saying I'm pissing vinegar and got me in trouble, but I got that from Calhoun. You know, what I'm <laughs> but I figure you can't do that with high school kids, you know. <laughs> How long did it take you to be able to understand his accent? <laughs> oh, I still don't. I still don't. You know, he in huddles, I never knew what he was talking about. I mean, I just knew when he pointed at me, he I knew the ball was coming to me. But other than that, I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So uh, I, I want to talk to you about the 89-90 the team, right? I feel like that's the one that kind of changed the course of UConn basketball history. And I, yeah. I don't think that's really – I think everybody kind of agrees. There's a reason why they call it the dream season, right? So yeah. Um, yeah. at what point during that year did you guys realize, like, whoa, we got a chance to do something special here? We knew we kind of knew right away. We kind of knew right away. I mean, we we had a really really good team. Uh, you know, I, you know, Tate George was six five six six point guard. Uh, you know, I'm six two six three. You know, Scott Burrell, the uh, Dove Hennifer. I mean, we really Bryce Sellers. We and our bench was in, in, incredible with John Gwynn, Lyman the Priest mm-hmm. coming off with defense and offense. We kind of knew right away in practice that, you know, we, we're going to win a lot of games. And I felt that because we we had a lot of pros on our team. And I, and I felt like we had a lot of pros. The Dove was a pro. You know, the Dove was a lot older than us. He was savvy. Uh, he was smart. The game just seemed like uh, he was, you know, it, it slowed down for him. And, uh, you know, just watching him in practice, we was like, man, this dude is really, really good, man. And uh, he could pass, he could shoot, and he was smart. And that just emulated to a lot of the younger guys. And, um, you know, and I knew right away we were going to be a good team. Yeah, I I think my favorite part about that group is that it was was led by two guys from the state of Connecticut, two people that you could – people in the state could kind of relate to. You know, I think Calhoun's probably good enough that he would have gotten that thing going whether or not you guys showed up. But I think that – it doesn't happen as quickly if like yeah. you were from South Carolina and Scott was yeah. from I yeah. don't know, California or whatever. So yeah. Um, yeah. Th- did you, 
did you identify with the program before you got there? Like, was, was UConn basketball a thing or was it just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm going to go here and, and, and because it's easy for my family to come see me play? Man, I'm going to be honest with you. I was not thinking about coming to UConn, man. Uh, until my family said, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to see you play. Because, uh, you know, UConn was always at the bottom of the Big East back then, man. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like you said, I was a highly uh, recruited uh, player. And uh, at those times, you know, St. John's and Syracuse and those teams were, Georgetown were always at the top of the Big East. And, uh, you know, to be honest, man, it was – all the coaches, man, Jim Calhoun, Dave Lato, uh, Howie Dickerman, you know, I just seen the passion in those guys and uh, the, the willingness to win, man, and then change the program around. And why not be a part of something special? You know, mm-hmm. and that's what I thought. And that's what my family said. Go to UConn. Why not be a part of something special? They're not winning right now. Can you imagine if they start winning? 20, 30 I mean, years later, that's, look. That, that's the biggest thing, though, because now – like, let's just say you were going to Syracuse, right? Like, you would have been another another yeah. really good player and a long, long line of really good players. Yeah. You go to UConn, and, yeah. and people look at you and say, you you helped jumpstart this program. You're the you're, you're one of the main yeah. reasons why yeah. UConn basketball is what it is right yeah. now. And I, I apologize if anybody can hear banging in the background. Yeah. We finally were able to get uh, the roofers to come in to, to replace <laughs> the roof from damage we had in a storm in August. So there's a bunch of guys hammering yeah. on our roof. But, uh, I mean, this is – what what happened is why you went to UConn, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, you could see what happened, man. I mean, the shot with Tate George, Scott Burrell, I mean, it was just, you know, that that pass to, to George. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're this close from going to the NCAA, you know, Final Four, uh, you know, playing against Duke. And uh, we, we, we won that game. It's funny. Christian Leitner and I were pretty good close friends. Uh, I played three years with him at Minnesota. And he told us, man, he said, they used to watch film of us. And he told me, he said, Chris, you guys were a better team than us. You guys had way more talent than us. Mm-hmm. And he felt like we were a better team. He's like, Chris, I can't, you know, we beat you guys. But looking at that film, you guys had serious players. And, uh, you know, it just took him to win it at the buzzer. But, uh, you know, we played well, man. And uh, I, I felt like that team should have been in the Final Four. Yeah, well, yeah, me too. I I went back and I probably shouldn't have done this, but I went back and I watched the end of that game just to kind of get an idea for how it kind of played out. And uh, Tate Tate had one of those. Uh, he dropped the pick six with about yeah, three, yeah. three seconds left. It hit him in the hand yeah, and it yeah, fell out. It's one yeah. of those ones. If he was a football player and dropped that, yeah. he would have said, "Oh, that's why he's playing defense instead yeah, of offense." Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a good thing. Let, let's talk about the shot, right? Yeah. Where where were you on that play? Talk me through what you remember seeing, and like, did you did you know it was good? Like when he shot it, like, what? Take me through what you remember from from that shot in that moment. Tate is not known for a shooter, but he can <laughs> shoot. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, the play. To be honest with you, at the end of the game, the play usually go to me. I'm going to take the last shot. I was on the left hand side. Scotty Burrell seen something different, which thank God he did. He ended up passing it to Tate, and Tate ended up knocking down the shot. But we called Tate Hollywood, man. We called him Hollywood for those times. That was his nickname, Hollywood, for all the players, because when it came time to really play and the spotlight was on you, Tate showed up. The Big East tournament against Syracuse that we won, 
Tate showed up at Madison Square Garden and played well. So, you know, he always showed up on in those moments, and that was the biggest moment, one of the biggest moments of UConn's history. Had you guys ever ever run that play before in a game? Like, had you ever – like, were you pulling that off in practice all the time? Like, is yeah, that, Calhoun it, always – Calhoun is very bright. And he, he, you know, he uh, he always ran plays like that at the end of the practice. Uh, we, we went through different scenarios. And, uh, you know, and, and, and look, I mean, Scotty Burrell, baseball player, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just genius, you know, to have him down there to throw that pass. Who else is going to throw that pass? No one. Correctly, right on a dime and, and make that play. Not, nobody but Scott Burrell. So, you know, hats off to the coaches for even, you know, at that moment, uh, that flash moment that they even thought of Scott to take the ball out. Because Rod Sellers usually, or Dan Cerulek usually took the ball out, but you know, we had Scott take it out. Yeah, that's uh, that's what you would call a back shoulder throw, right? Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that probably had some NFL scouts being like, "Oh yeah, look there, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, exactly. nice, that's nice toss right there." Um, exactly. So I, I think that 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 season, the nineteen ninety season, was the first time that UConn kind of had success at that level. You know, you won the I think it was won the Big East regular season, won the yeah. Big East tournament, came a shot yeah. away from making the Final Four. Right? Yeah. I'm a firm believer that the the most difficult part of building a program and getting it past that next step is developing that expectation of winning, right? There's, there's a mindset that the culture at Villanova has, the culture at Kansas has, that the culture at Duke has. It's not, they think this is how we are going to win this game as opposed to saying, man, I hope we get this. If we get this, it would be, you know what I mean? There's, there's a different yeah. level of expectation and um, maybe it's a confidence thing. I don't know, but you guys had that. Right. Yeah. And you, you yeah. the program hadn't had that level of winning before you guys got yeah. there. So what, what was it about you guys that allowed you to kind of, I guess, win big games in, in the league as good as the biggest was then? I tell you, players and coaches know uh, you got to have at this level, Big East level, ACC level to win college basketball games. You have to have pro like players. Mm-hmm. And if you look at our team, I, you know, I went to the NBA. Tate went to the NBA. Scott Burrell went to the NBA. Kevin Ollie was on the bench, went to the NBA. The Dove Hennefeld played in Europe. Rod Sellers played in Europe. We had pro players on our team. And coaches understand that when you're recruiting for college players, you have to have pro-like players on your team to win. And that's why recruiting is so, so important. And uh, for UConn to get a five-star player like myself, Scott Burrell and all these other players, it just uplifted the program. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I think it kind of creates, it's like an interesting parallel to this year's team, right? I, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm breaking news when I say that this group has had a little bit of difficulty winning some close games, right? Yeah. Um, some of it's been, you know, bad luck. There was a, a missed open shot at the end of the, the Seton Hall game in regulation that would have changed some things if that shot goes down. Uh, same thing at the end of West Virginia. You know, the foul call on RJ yeah. against Michigan State is one that still makes me a little yeah. bit angry. But um, yeah. I, I do think that that right now UConn is still kind of in that stage where they're going from being a program that struggled to get over 500 in the AAC yeah. to being one that realizes, hey, you know what? A couple things go a different way. Uh, th- this group is is probably has top 10, top 50. They beat yeah. Auburn. Auburn's going to be the number yeah. one team in the AP poll. Oh, yeah. As soon as the new oh, AP yeah. poll comes out. So, um, am I am I grasping a straw? It feels like this is they're, they're 
they're just that one little step away yeah. being able to close out those close games. All of a sudden, we're talking about, hey, this group's got a real chance. Yeah, and and that's gonna you know that's gonna take them really believing in themselves. I mean, how good is Cole playing right now? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think he had what three. Uh, uh, he took three charges last night. I think. I mean, it was unbelievable. Every time they needed a big play, Cole is involved. And uh, you know, I love to see that Hawkins is coming around. You know, he's a young player, but I really think he can shoot the ball and he really can play. Uh, Sonogo, oh, that was unbelievable what he did last night with the block shots, triple double, whatever he had. I don't know. I don't know. It was unbelievable. I think, I think it was 26-18 and six. And according to my sources, unbelievable. To, according yeah. to my sources, 26-18 and six. That's a that's a good game. Yeah. It, they have the pieces to really, really win. Uh, you know, they just have to believe in themselves. You know what I mean? With, with, it's unfortunate because they missed a lot of games with COVID. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, sometimes when you practice a lot, that, you know, you try to emulate the game, but you got to go out there and play. They lost some tough games, but I really start to, I'm starting to see that they really believe. And I think it started last night with St. John's. I mean, St. John's is a tough team. They came back, they fight. And, uh, you know, UConn didn't back down. They really didn't back down, man. They stayed right there. They hit some big shots. And uh, that when you see stuff like that, Sonogo just went crazy last night. So uh, I, I really think down the stretch they're going to win some of those close games. Yeah, you know, I think, I think they're missing just like one secondary ball handler, one guy to kind yeah. of take a little bit of yeah. that pressure off of our Pressure off goal. Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I, maybe it's Rasul, but I don't. I mean, Rasul's not playing. I, I don't know if there's yeah. a, a reason for that or whatever. But uh, it, maybe it's Jalen Gaffney. Like he's yeah. he hasn't played well last couple games. Yeah. He played really well yeah. at the start of the season. So maybe you just got to get him going again. Find a way to make yeah. that work. But to me, that's that's how they take that next step. You just need that secondary ball. Need that secondary I mean, look, ball handler. You're, yeah. you're asking RJ to do a lot, and and that dude's playing exactly. out of his mind right now. But at some yeah. point, it's gonna like. You can't just yeah. rely on one dude to give you 38 minutes yeah. of elite point guard play every yeah. single game. Yeah. And, and it's noticeable, like you said, the minute that he stepped out of the game yesterday, mm-hmm. St. John's came back. And you could see that it, it took them a hard time to really even get into their offense, even get into, you know, bringing the ball up the court. But you're right. They really knew they need that secondary ball player uh, out there. And maybe they play those two together you know, uh, in the beginning. Maybe they played them together, get them comfortable a little bit, take R.J. off the ball, because R.J. can shoot the three. You put him in the corner, he can knock that down. And, uh, you know, he makes plays. He can get into the paint and make good plays. So maybe they need to, you know, play those two guys together a little bit and see how that goes. Yeah, and I think think Dan will get there. I I think that he kind of knows – he's got a – he's a smart dude, and he's got this thing figured out. The thing I I really like about this group is – it reminds me so much of kind of those throwback Calhoun teams where yeah. um, they're, they're going to win the fight. Yeah. And then hopefully yeah. they're going to win the basketball game too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and definitely it reminds of us. I mean, we, we kept constant pressure on people because of our size. Mm-hmm. Everybody keeps talking about the size, size, size with UConn. Now it reminds me of us. Like I said, Tate George was six, six. I'm, you know, six, three, Scott Burrell, six, 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 seven, a dub. I mean, we were pretty big. Ross Seller, 6'9". We had size. So it took guards a hard time to bring the ball up against us. And that's what made our press so effective. And it's the same thing that with this team here. Every team says they can't believe the size of UConn when they play those guys. 
And that's going to come at the end of the season. You're going to see that size come into effect. Yeah, I agree. The other thing that I want to see out of this group is they're so good at, at, at executing what what Dan Hurley will draw, right? If if he yeah. if he schemes a play, they're gonna run it to perfection. They're running uh, to, yeah. Yeah, they 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 really execute and and like Dan's got so many sets, man. He's got he's got counters to counters to counters yeah. to counters to counters. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think the next step is when you get in those situations where you run the play and it's not there, okay, now go make a play. And I think once yeah, you get guys yeah. like the, I think that what happened at the end of the Seton Hall game is a perfect example of this, right? Tyree, they, they yeah. scheme up something. They try to get Adama a touch. It's not there. And then Tyrese is kind of like, okay, what do I do? Well, yeah, go beat your Tyrese Martin, put the ball on the yeah. floor, go get to the yeah. right. That's the next yeah. step for me. Yeah. And that's true. And I, and, and I'm, I'm waiting for Tyree. I'm waiting for Martin to step up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at him as a leader. I think his, his defense is great. Uh, he has that presence about him. Uh, but I want him to shoot the ball. I want him to be a little bit more aggressive on offense. And maybe because you're right, uh, you know, they run their plays to perfection. And sometimes players don't want to, you know, mess up and, and seem like they're being selfish. But I want him to be a little bit more selfish because we're going to need him down the stretch. Yeah. Hey, look, when you're when you're that good, go. you're allowed yeah. to be a little bit selfish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good, yeah. It's good yeah. for the team yeah. for you to be selfish. All right. I got one last yeah. one for you. And it'll put you yep. on the spot here, and you have to answer it, okay? No yep. If you took the best five from the UConn teams in the 80s and the 90s, and you put them up against the best five from the UConn teams in the 2000s and the 2010s, who wins? I think we win, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Say that. <laughs> I think we win, man. I'm sorry. I mean, they had a lot of talent in the 2000s, but I, but I tell you, man, we played defense we was tough knuckles to the ground type defense man and when you play like that you're gonna win man. yep well listen chris i'll let you get on with your day i appreciate the time and i will uh i'll send you a text when this thing is out it should be out later this afternoon all right go huskies go huskies man take care man thank you all right bye-bye